All right, shall we? Good morning and welcome to another wonderful episode of Thursday Thyroid Talks. Like you guys know, this is one of my favorite moments of my work week and it's literally not even work. It's like just pure awesomeness, right? I am your host, Sarah Lohman, and I'm here to provide you all with real life experiences from thyroid warriors who have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, Graves, and or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This series is my way of giving back to the thyroid community in order to help combat the feelings of loneliness and isolation that so many of us experience. I provide that support by holding space for women from my thyroid community who volunteer to talk about and share their thyroid journey with you. But first, today, I would like, hi, thank you for being here. I would like to tell you about a quick supplement that I've been using for a very long time. Something that I feel like is important to get the word out on and it's a one of my favorites that I don't talk a lot about and um, not a lot of doctors even talk about it. So today I wanna to share with you a supplement called Monolaurin. Monolaurin is one of the top trending natural supplements for immune and digestive support. It's carefully extracted from what's called lauric acid. This comes directly from a coconut. It is beneficial it is a beneficial, lauric acid is a beneficial fatty acid found in coconut oil with some incredible immune supporting research. Over 200 monolaurin references in PubMed by the National Institutes of Health state that this is a game changing supplement and it benefits both in vitro and in vivo studies exploring its potential to support and maintain immune health. This is why I have started to use the company Natural Cure Labs. They have a really great formula that is super unique. I've never seen anything like this company. They, um, they showed me their product line and I was blown away. And there's two specific uh, supplements that I'm using from them now. One is a extra strength monolaurin and one is a monolaurin with lysine combo. So when you are looking for a antiviral, antibacterial weapon to help you in restoring your health, this is it. Um, so I encourage you guys to check out more about this on the link in my bio. And if you're interested, you can use my coupon code SarahJoy. Now, shall we dive in? Are you ready, Steph? Okay, so today's featured warrior is Stephanie. So if you could just send me the, sorry, gotta move that out of my way. Send me the request to join, and we'll go from there. It takes a second, there's always a delay. It's just, should just say right in front of you, like request to join. There you go. All right. Now it says go live. Yes, please. It says connecting. There you are. Hello. Hello. 
Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thank you so much for volunteering to join me at this time. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. Of course. So if you could just um, begin with what, uh, whatever basics you're comfortable with sharing, I think that's always a good place to start. Okay. Um, so I am a high school science teacher in Connecticut, but I've kind of lived everywhere. I grew up in Pennsylvania and I lived in South Carolina and I've lived in California and the New Jersey. And then here's some, <laughs> you could say I used to be a military wife and then, you know, then he retired and, you know, now we're just kind of moving to, for job opportunities. Um, I've got two, uh, living children. Jonathan is three and then William just turned four months. Um, and I've got two fur babies that <laughs> could be just as annoying. <laughs> <My toddler. laughs> so last week when I went to my acupuncture appointment, I've been with my, my, my healer for a couple of years now. And he was like filling the tense knots in my shoulders. And he's like, so your left is the girls and your right is the boys. And, and I don't know, in the Chinese medicine, they had like a calculation of like, one person equals this and he's like basically between your dog you know and your your man your two sons he's like that pretty much equals like 12 people that demand your energy and attention and i'm like so makes sense <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it cool. really does um, and then I have, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis back in 2013. So it's been eight years now. Um, and when you asked me if I was interested in being on, part of me was kind of like, oh, well, my experience really isn't as severe as a lot of the stories that I've heard. Um, I, but then I thought, well, that means that there isn't someone out there that represents someone like me where, I feel like I function just like everybody else does, but I have kind of like these insidious little things that I can function and, and I don't feel bad. Or I don't, I'm not in pain, but it's just enough to where it's like, oh, there's something wrong. Yeah. Everyone, I, I, I call that stages of infection. Everyone is at a, a different level and different stage of their infection. And there's four stages. And so you could classify yourself in the more like functioning stages, which would be between one and two. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, there's always those like underlying things because we mm -hmm. all get used to functioning at that level, whatever that level may be and tolerating and coping, coping with whatever mm -hmm. is bugging. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so when you want me to just kind of start from, I guess sure. maybe like the beginning. Okay. Um, so I have, I would say I, I would start with my weight because I think that's the most influential factor in kind of all of my thyroid discovery issues, kind of my exploration of nutrition. Um, I have been, I guess you could say I've been clinically obese since I was a small child. Um, childhood trauma relied on me to be an emotional regulator for other people. And, you know, when you're a kid, you can't, you can't, you know, identify how to deal with those feelings. So I, I went to food and I overate and all I had access to was processed foods, things are high in sugar and refined things. Um, and even though I can't um, specifically say this is what caused my Hashimoto's, um, it is, you know, as a scientist or researcher, it is something I could hypothesize legitimately. Um, so I've been overweight my whole life, 
when I was in college, I lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise. And then by the time I started grad school, I started gaining, I had gained about half of it back and then got married and uh, moved in with his parents and then ended up gaining the rest of it back. Went through a period where I lost the 100 pounds again. Um, granted, this time it was a lot harder. It took me five or six years to do it. And it was like six days a week I was in the gym, strict dieting. Um, and it just took forever. And I think my biggest thing that I always focused on over the years is that I've noticed is it takes me perfection to lose weight. And one day, even just one day where I'm like, oh, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go out with my girlfriends and have a drink or I'm going to go out to eat. And it completely derails a month's worth of progress. Wow. Have yeah. you ever teetered in the eating disorder zone? Um, I mean, I would unofficially classify myself as a child, as a, an obsessive compulsive overeater. I would not say that I had disordered eating. I think it was more, I, I just could not find anything that worked for me to help me lose the weight. And it didn't matter how many calories I cut or didn't cut, what foods I kept, what foods I didn't keep. It didn't seem to matter what I did. It just took me forever. And it wasn't until I did juice fasting seriously that weight actually came off. Um, and I kept it off for about a year. And then I started graduate school. I started my PhD. And so the weight started to creep up. And then I got pregnant with my first baby and the weight creeped up a little more. And the weight, and then I had a second baby, you know, four months after I had the first one, the weight creeped up a little more. So by the time I was um, done having Jonathan, um, the, my weight, I had put on like 50 pounds, but it had stabilized. And then I had postpartum depression and even though I had been gluten and dairy free and soy free and I was feeling amazing, postpartum depression isn't really, it's no, it's no joke. Um, and I just didn't care enough to, to stick to the eating plan that I had implemented that made me feel so much better. Um, and then the weight just came right back on. Um, I had gastric bypass, not gastric, I had a, a sleeve gastrectomy and lost the weight and lost it for good. But now with my third baby, it's something that I'm struggling with getting off the, the baby weight. Um, now in all of this, I was officially diagnosed in 2013, like I said, and that was right about when I was like halfway through my second weight loss journey. Um, I was experiencing extreme fatigue, um, really bad brain fog to the point where you would be talking to me in mid sentence. I would be like, wait, what can you you know, can you repeat yourself? Because I just couldn't focus on what people were saying. I couldn't remember things, tasks. I'd write everything down. Otherwise, it just would just flow down my brain. Yeah, and, so that's the short, the brain fog slash short-term memory loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd sleep, you know, nine, ten hours a night and wake up feeling exhausted and then have to take a nap since I got home from work. It just, it something didn't feel right. Um, and that's when I had my TSH pulled and it was high along with my peroxidase levels. And because my grandmother had um, a hypothyroid condition, they anticipated that I also had probably Hashimoto's, you know, a type of hypothyroidism. Um, I went on medication. I've had my TSH and all of my other blood work levels normalized ever since. So um, 
So the doctors jumped right in, not to hypo, but to Hashimoto's on you because of your history? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and they, they never second-guessed it just because my peroxidase levels were really, really high. So they assumed that because my antibodies were really high, that it must have been not something that was genetically really around. It's not making enough that my body's attacking it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got regulated, it was a little bit easier to lose weight. Um, but again, it was still a real struggle. It was everything had to be just right in order for me to lose any weight and then any sort of veering of any kind, it was not even falling off the bandwagon, just, you know, having a nice night or a bottle of wine or whatever with my husband, it, it, it would completely derail my progress and it was really disheartening. So it was a lot of. Speak more um, about that. How would that derail you so, so bad? Um, I have come to, I've kind of hypothesized that um, I bloat really easily and then I never considered a gluten-free diet until after I had my first baby, Charlie, Um, because I had read a lot about, I would read a book called um, like Root Cause. It was by a pharmacist that specializes. Yes. I read her book. And I was like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. This is like me. Um, so I decided then and there I was going to cut gluten and dairy and soy. And I just I just did it. I did cold turkey. And I stuck with it for, oh, God, maybe you know, like a year, year and a half, all during my pregnancy with Jonathan. And I didn't really gain much weight with him. I felt amazing. I wish during my first pregnancy I felt awful. Um so like, to me, it made a huge difference um, just in kind of like the everyday that, and I know this is going to be totally TMI, but like I have suffered almost my entire adult life with chronic constipation. Mm-hmm. And once I went gluten-free, I was like regular like clockwork. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it, it's interesting and how much what you eat influences your gut and your gut bacterium and how mm-hmm. the gut and the brain work together. And so I think that was kind of my first real deep dive into nutrition and how it can help facilitate healing. Mm-hmm. Even when all the medication on the labs say that everything's already healed, um, having that extra step really did make a world of difference. That is incredible. I love, I love that you had such a huge shift away from those trigger foods is what I call Mm -hmm. them and was hi everyone thank you for joining and was able to experience such a dramatic change you know Mm -hmm. it's it's really important when you're on your healing journey in my opinion to do uh food journaling because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are busy and we just don't listen to our bodies Mm-hmm. And like you said, you said, I think I'm really sensitive to blow. But if you are responding so well to cutting out those sugar foods, what that tells me is you're more sensitive to inflammation and those yeah. cause inflammation. So I love that you had that huge aha moment. And what I call it really is like a testimony builder. Mm-hmm. And it really will like, cause you always have that to look back on of like, I really have faith that that works mm-hmm. and it's a good fallback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really is, um, a con- a confidence killer when you get on the scale in the morning 
and you see like you're up like four pounds from the day before mm-hmm. and you have to kind of like reason yourself through it. Cause it's like, I did not eat an extra like 40,000 calories to gain four pounds overnight. Like that's just not possible. Um, and not only it's like, and I wouldn't have done that all week long anyway, cause I've been logging what I've been eating. So yeah, it's thinking about like reasoning yourself through it. And it really is kind of a, a mind bender when, especially as someone who's been overweight my whole life or weight has been such a, a facet of my, unfortunately a facet of my identity that I, um, I don't enjoy. Um, but really reminding myself that making daily choices influences my body, but my weight is not a reflection of my health as long as I'm making consistently good choices. And then every once in a while when I make a mistake or I, you know, eat gluten by accident, it's like my weight goes up. Okay. But that doesn't mean I actually gain weight. It just means my body is responding to that food in a, in a way that I need to address again. Exactly. Exactly. And because you are a scientist, you might actually appreciate this. Um, I actually threw the scale away because I realized, like you just said, that when we get on that scale and we see something we don't want to see, we see something we don't like, it immediately puts us into shame, Mm -hmm. guilt, worthlessness, and like, and that those become your new identity, at least for that day. Mm -hmm. And that is so terrible to be trapped in a cycle of I'm only going to love myself based on what the scale says because Mm -hmm. it's just data yeah in the end you're just collecting data Mm -hmm. it doesn't define who you are or how you can lose weight or what your weight really truly is you know you can lose pounds but maybe not inches you can lose inches but maybe not pounds Mm -hmm. like there's all different types of weight loss yeah. And so um, I saw this happening with myself of like, I was defining who I was being or what I perceived myself as based on what the scale said. And I was like, at this, I'm so much more than what this figure says. And I chucked it. So, <laughs> you know, I think one of the other things um, besides like the chronic inflammation from diet choices, I think one of the other things that I can speak to is how important it is to identify um, something called adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. and how people with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, I would say even hyperthyroid, anything that deals with metabolism, adrenal fatigue really negatively impacts how your body functions. And we're already at a deficit, I guess. I mean, a deficit really isn't the best word to choose, but your body is already functioning at a very sensitive level. And then adrenal fatigue makes it compounds the impact that, you know, an autoimmune disorder has. Um, My first pregnancy resulted in a full-term stillbirth and it was unexplained. And my thyroid was regulated at the time. Now it is important to note for women who might be watching this um, or people that they know that, if you have an unregulated thyroid, it can increase the odds of miscarriage and 
in significantly increases the odds of stillbirth. Now, it was not the case for me because everything was regulated in my, in, in my situation, but it is just something I was thinking about as I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk with you about. Um, but the trauma of that loss uh, really impacted me physically. You know, when, whenever we, we go through a trauma in our minds, it manifests physically in our bodies. I got pregnant very quickly after losing Charlie with Jonathan, my second son. Um, and of course, pregnancy after loss is also very traumatic. Um, when you're under chronic fight or flight stress, your body is pumping out that cortisol, it's pumping out the adrenaline, it's pumping out all of these hormones that are designed to make us survive when we're in duress in the wild, but when we're, you know, in our modern lives that can really diminish our immune system, it can increase inflammation in our digestive tracts. Um, and I think being gluten-free really helped at least kind of mitigate some of those impacts. Um, but then having the PPD afterwards and this not caring, I gained 50 pounds in like four months because my body just had metabolically shut down. And then you have the post-pregnancy hormones you're dealing with. And then you add in just the two years of adrenal fatigue. Um, it seemed to recover a little bit, but because I wasn't gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free anymore, the inflammation was always there. And so my body, I don't think, really ever got back to a place of homeostasis, I guess you could say, throw in a science word. Mm, I love, that's my favorite science word ever, homeostasis. Um, you know, I was just maintaining this really bad feedback loop in my body, um, and I wasn't feeding it what it needed, and my mind wasn't in a place to want to give it what it needed, um, and the weight just piled on as a consequence. Um, that and this, my set point has always been very high, so my body naturally wanted to go back there. Then William, I didn't get pregnant with my third until about two years later, um, but for different reasons, that pregnancy was traumatic. I had a very severe placental disorder diagnosis that had a very high mortality rate. Um, so I was looking at having a baby that could potentially kill me. And the birth itself was very traumatic um, because I almost died. I mean, it was the entire nine months. And then you compound all of that with COVID. So I'm attending my doctor's appointments, my checkups, my MRIs, all of my ultrasounds by myself. So I don't have that emotional support. Um, I was in the hospital basically by myself because my husband had to balance between seeing me and being home with our son. Um, so that pregnancy, even though I wasn't afraid that William was going to die, like I did when Jonathan, when I was pregnant with Jonathan, um, the fact that I was not healthy was very traumatic. So again, this adrenal fatigue. And so it's, I'm at the point now where it's like, I, I can't have any more children, um, so now I'm focusing on myself and it's really meeting with people like you and other thyroid, um, community members and rereading my books and really delving back into what nutrition do I need? How do I feel when I eat it? How is it impacting me? And then trying to make choices that'll make me healthy versus choices that will control my weight because if I'm making healthy choices and I'm feeding my body what it needs and, giving myself the nutrients and addressing those symptoms, the weight should naturally come off on its own so that I don't want that to be my focus this time. I want to focus on me being, being healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that. That that's a lot 
to put out. And I tried to I keep it together because that story is never easy to hear that you lost your baby. And but I'm so, so grateful that you were blessed with more healthy, amazing children. And I'm grateful you were able to make it through all of your pregnancies and that you're here yeah. with us today. So you are so strong, so resilient. And I mean, I, I commend everything you've been through and the mother you are now. And I, I, I love, I told you this before when we talked, I love talking with you because I love yeah. how you use all the scientific terms. It's, it's like happiness for me, but I, <laughs> I love that you touched on the journal fatigue. I love that you touched on the constant blends being put out. I love the weakened immune system. I mean, you really touched on huge key factors to the thyroid illness continuing and the symptoms continuing. Mm -hmm. But I just want you to know, I mean, in the nutrition, like you're on it, you're on it, girl, like the nutrition, the low, low functioning thyroid, the low functioning adrenal glands at the same time, they're best friends. Mm -hmm. And if the thyroid ain't working, the adrenals ain't working because the adrenals are the thyroid support system. And mm -hmm. the, and like you said, with the stress and the trauma and everything going on, um, if the adrenals are already trying to support a low functioning thyroid and then you pile all that on top of it, they just basically just go, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it all you guys. And then it calls in support from the liver and the liver calls in support from the gut. I mean, it is so all connected mm -hmm. and yeah. the, and so I love that you're just kind of pulling back the brakes on everything and going where's my square one mm -hmm. what do i need to come back to for me now because i i know that place of i'm not going to have any more children now it's time for me mm -hmm. i had to do the same thing i put 60 pounds on with both of my pregnancies thankfully thanks mom um i was able to um not like per se easily take it off um, because some of my weight loss was directly related to trauma and just like not being able to eat. Mm -hmm. um, but I was blessed with um, the ability to be on the thinner side just because of my genetics. And um, but it is really hard to go through those extreme gains and those extreme losses and not lose your identity and not lose your confidence. Mm -hmm. And um, but you you do like I. I call this now where you're at, like your state of grace, your state of grace for yourself, because you're like, okay, I survived all of that. And I'm so, so grateful to be here now. But what do I do for me? And the way I look at it is you're still young. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was only 34 when I had my last one. And I'm like, you know what the good news is? is we have the rest of our lives now to just have our bodies. Yeah. Although I'm not again. that young. I'll be 38 this year. That's that was good. such a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you're going to be at such a different spot when you're <laughs> in your 40s if you're 38. That's awesome. That's exciting. 
Yeah. But you're right. It's a change in mindset. And also this time around, like when I, when I was gaining weight after Jonathan, I I equated it to the PPD and the sleep deprivation. I think that's another thing that, that we don't really consider a lot is how sleep influences our bodies. And I know for me, sleep deprivation really impacts how my body functions, maybe more than somebody else, but the past four months have really just been, like you said, about giving myself grace. Like I'm, alive. I've had three babies. Two of them are amazing and, you know, healthy and I get to see them grow. And my, my body, my brain has been through a lot of trauma in the last five years and that I can, it's okay for me to forgive myself yeah. for not being at some arbitrary weight or fitting into my pre-pregnancy clothes. Like yeah. that's not an issue right now. Really. It's just, my main goal is just not gaining weight. Because my body's still going through the recovery process. Like, all my hormones are normal. All my labs show that everything is normal. Um, but it's just, I know I hate that term. But it's like, the doctors can't do anything about it because everything looks fine from the lab's perspective. So now it's just taking supplements, making sure I'm cutting out the gluten, and I'm working on cutting out the dairy, and I'm not having caffeine, and I'm just you know taking care of taking time for exercise and getting sunlight, that I'm doing all of those things, and then eventually when my body has recovered from all of this fatigue, which could take months or even years, to be honest, you know, then, you know, maybe it will happen, but I've got to be okay with who I am now and the size I am now. And just be grateful that I'm I'm working towards health. We're grateful you're alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're grateful you have today to worry about Mm -hmm. your weight. (laughs) Exactly. We're grateful you got two cute babies and get to raise them and Mm -hmm. so yeah really just like you said um give yourself some grace and look forward to the future now now it's you now it's all it's me time all right what does mama need what does mama want you know and i'm young and when i'm 50 I'm going to be smoking hot or whatever you want to set your goals to be. I'm going to age backwards. I'm going to get prettier as I get older, you know, whatever you want your mindset and your goals to be. Um, I challenged myself to that a couple of years ago of like, what would it be like to try to actually get prettier as I get older? (laughs) That's a fun one to work on. Um, And it just makes it feel less like a chore you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I definitely, I'm trying to decide what I want to touch on because you shared so much. Um, so the weight gain in general, just so you mm-hmm. know, is such a common, it's such a common issue mm-hmm. that if I had to pinpoint top three, the top three, pain points every single woman tells me they have weight gain and the inability to lose weight easily or Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. is number one so i don't know if that makes you feel any better Uh, you know just so you guys know like this is a common thread that Mm -hmm. most people are struggling with and it is definitely something that i like to help with as well because like you said I know so much of women 
not only is there all the peer pressure to be beautiful, um, but we really do it, desire and enjoy feeling comfortable in our bodies mm -hmm. and in our skin. You know, we want to look in the mirror and be like, damn girl, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. We don't want to look in the mirror and be like, ugh. And, yeah. you know, we want to be able to be around our partners or whatever we're doing and be intimate and feel sexy and beautiful. And so for women, it is so much more than just the inability to lose weight or weight gain. You know, we are absolutely emotionally tied to it and spiritually mm -hmm. tied to it. So it is and also easy to um, forget how much carrying a baby and having a baby changes your body, oh. your body structure. Because once they're out, it's almost like your brain just forgets all of it. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, wait, why don't I get fit when I wear the same as I did before? It's because your shape <laughs> is different. You just have to be okay with it. Girl, you got a really good point on that. It is like, it is no joke how much your body changes. And the, every baby you have, it changes more. I tell you, the third pregnancy did it in for my hips, that's for sure. <laughs> Stretch marks. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. This show, my, my daughter. The we're changing real. <laughs> we were in the changing room. I was trying like some jeans on at Target. And my daughter goes, what's that? And kind of points to like the side of my butt, my thigh. And I was all, that's you, honey. Those are yeah. your marks. <laughs> and she's like, oh my you gosh. <laughs> You're welcome for your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, I only yeah. bore you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is, you know, it is really hard to snap back into who you were prior. And, I mean, some women just struggle with the loose skin and they get tummy tucks. Mm -hmm. And um, I personally, my I after I nursed my my boys, I didn't, I don't know where my boobs went. They were just gone. They just disappeared. It was really depressing. And so I understand the, like, where did my, I lost myself. And mm -hmm. so we do need, and so like you, it was like, all right, now it's me time and I'm going to work on me. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is not selfish. It is not mm -hmm. selfish to invest in yourself. It is not selfish to be like, what do I need? Because you know what? In all reality, sometimes even though we may feel like it's selfish, it's truly maybe 10, 20% of the day where we're like, hang on. I need some me. This is all about me right now. And then the, the remainder, 85% of our day is getting to everyone else in our family and in our life, our students, our, you know, clients our our family our dogs you know and so as a mom mom rule number one is you have to take care of you and if you don't your adrenals will get even more burnt out your thyroid will get even more burnt out your immune system will get even more weak and that actually brings in more symptoms yep which you don't want okay so you taking time to work out, to meditate, to garden, to go for a walk, to put your favorite show on while you meal prep, to whatever it is that you do for you, your ritual, your daily mm -hmm. ritual, 
It is so, 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 so crucial. Mm -hmm. So that is still something I see people struggling with is the, yeah. I, the moms, moms, we struggle with the most, you know, the, mm -hmm. the me time. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be before I started having kids cause it was just me and my husband. Um, but yeah, once you have kids, it, it definitely changes because it's not just, um, it's not just about like making sure that they, you know, don't hurt themselves. Yeah. Like it's biologically programmed in our brains to like be in tune with our children and to, to spend energy on them because they're, you know, the genetic future, if you will. Um, so it does feel at first really awkward and selfish to give time for yourself. But I will say that is one thing that I've built up and recognized over the year. And I'm now working with my therapist to try and find ways to do it without sacrificing other areas of my life. But mm -hmm that if you don't take care of yourself and how you feel about how you look, how you feel about how you feel, you know, all of those Ooh. things that, um, that it negatively impacts everything else. It would impact how I parent and how I'm a, how I'm a spouse and, and how I teach and all of those things. So it's, yeah. even if it's, I take a 30 minute nap or it's like I listen to my audio books on my commute because that helps me decompress. You know, it's finding little things. It doesn't have to be like big stretches of time or trips away. It's just 30 yeah. minutes or 30 minutes there of even just 10 minutes to escaping into the bathroom. You know, it's just anything just to give yourself a little bit of a breather yeah. to kind of face that and, and, and move on. Yeah. I, I feel you sister. It is, um, it's, it's what I call my, my grounding. You have mm -hmm. to ground. And mm -hmm. if I don't ground first thing in the morning, then I do feel more on edge. I'll be mm -hmm. a little more snappy with, you know, maybe the kids or um, my partner or um, even myself, you know, mm -hmm. or I won't handle a phone call with a company the same way I normally would. Um, it just in the sleep, like you said, sleep is a really big deal too, which, which a lot of women that have thyroid issues actually are insomniacs. They straight up can't sleep. And it's that fight or flight is so out of whack that it's Brings actually, up that again. <laughs> yeah, there, it, the fight or flight is actually misfiring mm -hmm. and keeping you mm -hmm. awake at night. And there's, there's all kinds of things that we can do, but have you built just curious have you built an actual like maybe morning routine or like evening routine or like how how do you find your me time like where do you build it in well i fortunately have a really great nanny cool. um, and she's been she's been with us now almost two years and so she works also during the summer so even though I you know, work a part-time job from home, I make sure to build in time during my day to have lunch and talk to my husband or go downstairs and work out in the basement or to take a nap. Like I, and I, I don't necessarily, I like keep a schedule, but in the same breath, I'm also very flexible where it's like, if I don't feel like working out that day because my body's just too tired, mm -hmm. I'm going to lay on the bed and I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to read a book or I'm going to do something that's relaxing for me versus putting strain on my, on my body if I'm just not feeling it. Um, and that, does, that does help. And then by, you know, four o'clock when it's time to turn over, I've given myself at least an hour to just, if not more, to just be able to 
put myself in a position where I'm actually useful as a parent and I'm not short and I don't get argumentative and that sort of thing. And that, that has been very helpful to try and work that into my schedule already. Awesome. That sounds phenomenal, especially the nap part. Well, once the school year starts, it's going to be a completely different story. We'll, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, totally. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that you said read a book too. I love unwinding and reading a book. And that's something that a lot of us love to do or even mm-hmm. journal. But um, we just forget about like those slower things that mm-hmm. bring us so much pleasure and clarity as well and healing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much you can heal through just, you know, reading the right book or journaling out mm-hmm. the right things. Yeah. Um, I'm also so- a creature of habit. Um, I like having structured routines. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, even though, you know, COVID isn't over and we still need to be careful, I'm, I'm a cautiously optimistic. Um, I am looking forward to the fact that school is going to be, as long as the Delta variant doesn't, doesn't, get too serious uh, that we're going back in school and it's going to be somewhat normal mm-hmm. where my routine won't be as like we've been thrown off for the last year and a half. So I'm kind of looking forward to just having a very predictable day where I can get up and work out and go to work and I meal prep on Sundays. Like everything is kind of back to its normal routine and it kind of that stability will help, I think, to also address the fatigue and the the trauma that my body has experienced and just give myself time to just kind of reacclimate to help. Yeah. I feel you. We all feel you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Normalcy, please. Somewhere. <laughs> Although I don't want people to keep six feet apart from me because germs really freak me out now. <laughs> I, I heard this girl making a joke and it wasn't even like anyone that knew anything about like pathogens or germs or something, you know, I don't know. It was just like a quick thing. And they were like, ew, I don't just go make out with strangers. Like you can keep your bugs to yourself or something, you know? And I was like, amen. (laughs) (laughs) I think about these things now, like, Ooh, you don't want to just go make out with some random guy. You can catch whatever strain of EBV they have, you know? (laughs) Unfortunately, it seems like we all have it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, but I, you know, there are some like more mellow strains versus the psycho strains that just screw up your health. So I'm like, um, I'm already good with what strains I've been dealing with. I don't need yours, <laughs> you know? Yeah, fortunately, I've had one of the more mellow ones because I've never had strep or mono or anything like that, even though I do test positive for antibodies. It's, yeah. um, I think they're related to, like, whatever gives you canker sores. Mm, yeah, so they call that herpes, but it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Epstein-Barr. Yeah, did you mean mm-hmm. canker sores or you mean cold sores? Canker sores. Oh, kangaroos. Yeah, I think those are, I think those ones are also the herpes, which is in the EBV. So anyways, oh my gosh, we could go off on like, (laughs) we'll keep all this, we'll keep all this uh, fun lingo in our private conversation. (laughs) I know. So anyways, um, well, I just looked at the time um, and for you know, sake of people sitting in traffic and watching this while they meal prep, we got to probably cut it off. So thank you again for, for coming and sharing sure, and being open. 
Yeah. And, you know, it, it does take, it does take vulnerability. It, it opens you up when you share your story and your vulnerable parts can come out and it can feel a little scary, but just know for you and everyone else. Yeah, you're right, Kim. Canker sores are not the same as cold sores. What my brain was doing was going, are they in the same EBV family? <laughs> so I'll research that later. Um, so <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, You're wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah, wrapping it up. Oh, yes. Okay, my wrap up. Um, anyone that is not on live, you can catch the replay, of course, on here on my IGTV. Um, I also po post this series on my YouTube page for easy access to every series, like in sequential order. And as you guys know, this only happens if you volunteer. So um, if anyone was moved by the series today and hearing Stephanie's story and also has a journey that they would love to share, everyone's journey is powerful. And no matter what you've been through, someone else has actually gone through something similar and resonates. Trust me. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Kim says cold sores are my nemesis. <laughs> Great live. Thank you both. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you so much for always being here and supporting me. Kim is one of my super fans. I love her. <laughs> She's the best. Um, so, yes, I'm always looking for volunteers. And if you are interested in sharing your story, please DM me. Or if you see me pop it up on my, on my stories where I'm looking for a DM, you could respond to that as well. Um, I have a lot of free resources on my website if you just click on the link in my bio. And if you're new to my community, you're welcome to go to my website and sign up for my email list. And then you'll receive the PDF that I've created called The Six Things I Wish People Would Have Told Me After I Was Diagnosed with Hashimoto's Hypothyroidism and, and then Hashimoto's. And, um, and then you'll also receive four automated emails with some trainings that uh, are practices that you could use every day to help with stress and be able to just be more comfortable with living in life. And um, like I said, I have a YouTube page with lots of uh, learning videos and the majority of my content is here on, on Instagram in my stories. If you're not watching my stories consistently, go for it because that's where I post everything in Steph. I actually wanted to tell you that I posted about the hair tissue mineral. I posted the actual hair tissue mineral. Uh -huh. I thought about you because I was like, ooh, these are labs. Um, that test, just so you know, is phenomenal because it tells you whether or not you're a fast oxidizer or a slow oxidizer, which is all about metabolism. Mm. And then if you are a slow oxidizer, which actually I was, and I've been working on you can switch it. Or you can be a mixed oxidizer as well. And then it, um, so that would give you a lot of answers into any metabolism issues that you're dealing with. But then it also go, can go into the, the low thyroid, the adrenal fatigue, and where your imbalances are and where you may have metals clogging up your system, making it so hard. So mm -hmm. I love the HTMA, you guys. It is one of the most crucial root cause tests that you can get. And no one does it. No one offers it. It doesn't exist. 
Um, so this is why I'm, I'm studying it. I use it. I use it on myself. It's a huge tool I use on myself. And it's something that if you're in my program, you're going to get. So you can't, there's no way around it. You're going to cut a piece of hair and you're going to give it to me and we're going to see what's going on with you. Because answers equal power, power equals healing. So I encourage all of you guys to look at, I actually made it a highlight because you know they disappear in 24 hours. So if you didn't check it out on my story, go to my highlight and check it out. It's really cool. Um, so that's it, my friends. All right. Here. <laughs> What's that? The hurricane is here. Oh no. We've been waiting all day. <laughs> oh no, okay. Do you need to put it under the table? No. Okay. It's a probable storm now. So. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We'll be safe, sweetheart. Thank you, All Kim. Right, thank you. Love you too, Kim. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, ladies. Bye.